welcome to the Cup of Coffee Cup of Coffee podcast with me, your temporary host today, Julie Talbot. Now, this is being recorded live at our weekly online meeting and broadcast around the world. So today's topic is simply a property case study with your usual host, Tom Dillon and Chris Jenkins. Um, before we start, I would like to say by way of disclaimer that today is a wonderful discussion, but that nothing here constitutes financial advice and you should always take professional advice before investing your hard-earned cash. Um, there may be a couple of unplanned swear words as well. Um, the format for today is that Tom and Chris will speak for around 15 minutes and then we'll be taking questions from the floor. So as the guys are talking, please pop your questions into the chat. Um, so to introduce the guys then, um, let's start with Chris. Chris started in property in 2006 and rapidly built up a portfolio of over 30 properties by buying, renovating and then refinancing. Tom has been investing in property full-time since 2012. Uh, before that, Tom had loads including teaching English in Japan, doing a postgraduate uh, renewable energy at Melbourne University and being the Lord Mayor of Norwich. So the great Northern property company, Tom and Chris, have focused on doing multiple unit developments to create more cash flow in exchange for less hassle day to day. Good morning, Tom and Chris. Morning. Good morning, Julie. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, uh, I, I said before, I think she'd think you're after my job. Uh, that was a far better <laughs> intro than I usually manage. So, uh, so thank you very much indeed. Um, uh, it made me want to say an unplanned swear word. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, it's it's definitely definitely set some people off to do the odd unplanned swear, but I'm glad it's in there because some people oh, sometimes we do get them, sometimes we don't. Um okay, right. Uh suggest we uh crack on because uh, time is as always against us. So um wanted to uh today we want to do a um a, a, a sort of a, a recap or a bring up to speed of um uh with one of our uh, projects it's it's um uh, a commercial um conversion project a flip project a project that we're planning to uh convert and sell and um and we thought we'd we'd like to bring bring to your attention to also talk about uh, some of the challenges we've been facing uh which are mostly small stuff but interesting for anyone who's looking to get into this uh, sort of thing and also because it's quite different from uh the lovely richard daniels hmo um uh, case study that we just heard so uh we thought we'd be interested to sort of get a, a slightly different type of um case study in there um and then hopefully you can learn from our, our experience and uh, and so on if, if if this is something you're interested in we've got some slides uh, which i'll start sharing now but of course um we'll explain it as we go so that uh, if you're listening to the podcast you won't miss a thing um screen uh, should be that one and share and uh, uh, uh. this is a bit of an unusual case study isn't it and it's nowhere near finished yet um so it's you're not going to get any shiny uh, shiny after pictures i'm afraid yeah that's that's also one of the different key differences from richards is that he's finished yeah, yeah. but i think that's the ours is kind of a slice and it's an interesting sort of middle slice and that's, that's the one. charm that's part of the charm that is part of the charm all right so he's putting it up for a part basically aren't you yeah we, we, we're trying to get the maximum value out of it that's what we're doing we're ringing we're ringing every last bit of goodness out but you can all be the judge about whether it's um whether, whether creating the movie franchise yeah yeah right okay so uh well i'm, I'm just going to leave it like that you can all because otherwise it gets fiddly so i think can, can you see that julie perfectly yeah excellent excellent all right so uh let's start um here so um 
this is what the building looked like when we first saw it. So this is sort of before the, the refurb. Just do a quick recap for those who didn't um, see, uh, you know, it, it didn't catch any of the other stuff we've done so that it all sits um, sits on its own on its own merits. So this is... Pre uh, previously on Cobden. <laughs> yes, before the break, you might remember that uh, yeah, this is Cobden Street in Radcliffe in Bury. That's North Manchester. So slightly less salubrious than uh, Richard's uh, area of Eccles, but still salubrious and uh, and, and and nice enough street. Um, it, uh, it took us. It, I went to look at this. It was simply on right move. Um, this is years ago, and um, long story short was that uh, we had to um, uh, deal with the vendors, and there's been lots of um, interesting uh, planning problems with it. And so it took us like must be I haven't checked exactly, but it must be four years to get to the point where we actually got builders on site, which we now have, and that's part of what we're going to talk about today. But uh, so the first lesson with this, to recap, was, was perseverance and really building a relationship with the the owners um, over quite a long time, so that when things got rough and rocky, which they sort of did, um, you know, the, the the owners still wanted to build that relationship with us, so wanted to stick with us even when we needed to really drop the drop the price that we could pay because we got turned down for planning for two units, conversion to two units, and so on and so forth. For those who listen to the podcast, it's a, a long, narrow building. It used to be a, a darts and billiards club or something like that, some sort of pool hall. Darts and dominoes. Darts and dominoes, I would say. Darts Not big enough for billiards. No, no, no. It's a, and it's a small unit, maybe 100 metres, but our what we've got planning permission for is to knock down the rear third, uh, and that will then be, um, I think we're going to have to end up with 70 metres with a garden on, on three sides. But again, that took, yeah, four years to get to that to that stage. That's a recap of... of of the building and sort of where we got up to. Um, what have you got anything to what do you, anything you want to say about that, Chris? Or should we talk about some planning stuff? Um, no, not really. Other than you know, it was. Uh, I think we first went to see it in December. You, you went to see it in December 2015. Wow. If I'm if I'm right, I checked my dates. Um, it was on for 50k. Saw it on Right Move and thought that looks cheap. That looks like an interesting building. Mm. Um, so this <laughs> is well worth uh, well worth having a having a look at. Um, it was built by the seventh Earl of Wilton, which is uh, which is relevant because a lot of a lot of stuff um, in North Manchester and Bury is is actually still owned by that estate. Um, and if you ever you know coming across a, a building or whatever that you have to get permission to change or you know there's there's, there's a, a complicated lease, it can be quite tricky to deal with um, unless you're somebody like Amazon, which um, they, they were recently involved in uh, with the, the building of the new new Amazon warehouses in, you know, just off the motorway, I think up there, the, the uh, 7th Earl of Wilton or the 8th Earl of Wilton's estate had a significant payout. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's relevant for, you know, land all over North Manchester. And it was, it was quite tricky to deal with a, um, an aristocratic estate. And that, that I think leads into our theme of, 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 of things being tricky, not insurmountable or anything like that. It just needs things that you should be aware of if you're doing this kind of development that can come up. Speaking of which, um, planning permission. Uh, uh, so I've just changed the slide. So this is now a, a copy of five pages of our planning permission, complete with, uh, crucially, all the planning conditions. Um, do you want to take up the story on this one, Chris? Yeah, absolutely. So we got our, we got our planning permission through uh, for a single unit in I think September 2020, um, and we kind of celebrated and was like, "Yay, fantastic!" So you know, started started looking for builders, and then um, we maybe look, looked a little bit a little bit closer at the uh, at the planning permission. And um, uh, as those of you who've developed property before will probably be uh, smiling and knowing smile now, but um, alongside the planning uh, planning permission come a variety of conditions which can be. They can be conditions that you have to fulfil during the work, 
or they can be pre-commencement conditions. Now, we had a lot of pre-commencement conditions, which is basically before you start the work, you've got to do this. So a, a selection of them, by no means exhaustive, but um, a selection is, so we had to submit to them a, a CTMP or a construction traffic management plan, um, which is, which is everyone I spoke to said it was overkill because it's just a single site. It's basically to make sure there's no, you know, there's no parking issues with, um, low loaders getting access to sites and machinery being parked in the road and you know hundreds of contractors vehicles taking up and damage to the pavement because you know heavy machinery is going across it so it, it basically you had to take a load of photos and say how you're going to deal with issues like mud on the road and things like that not not massively complicated once you once you got some uh, examples but still it was it's an extra thing that we had to do um another thing we had to produce and submit a, a landscaping scheme um giving kind of quite quite uh, quite a lot of detail in terms of what native shrubs and and things that we we're going to plant um which again we, you know we, we totally weren't expecting we we had you know we, we got our uh, building surveyor to, to fill in uh, fill in a nice green on the plan and thought yeah that'd be that'd be fine so we had to do that we also had to get a bat survey done um which uh, you know is, is exactly as it exactly as it sounds which is you know check there's no we had to get a an ecologist in there to check there's no bats uh, nesting roosting um and they produced reports say there wasn't um and then the, the the doozy was we needed to get a contaminated land survey um and the contaminated land survey uh came back with a um a very small area um at the back of the building uh which contained uh, arsenic amongst other uh, fun things um so that was something that the the uh, the guy who did the survey we had to, he had to come up with a solution to to deal with that piece of contaminated land and the council then had to agree it so um all in all you know those planning conditions were finally discharged i think in Mar back end of march which allowed us to kind of finally instruct the bill instruct builders to, to get going so you know all in all that's that's a long time um between planning permission and getting the conditions filled albeit with kind of christmas and a bit of a lockdown in between yeah, it needs to be factored into your cost, doesn't it? With the bat survey, I was very tempted to dress up as a bat, sit in a chair in the middle of the uh, the middle of the building, uh, smoke a cigar as the bat survey guy when I came in and go, what's up? Um, but I didn't get around to it. So if anyone gets the chance, then on my behalf, that would be great. Uh, just moving on to the next slide. So speaking of of builders, um, we're now on site, uh, and this is what it's like at the moment, which is to say, um, you know, pretty sim pretty similar, but but they're getting started. Uh, I think the first week on site has cost us ten grand in uh, in building fees, but um, uh, do you want to talk through? Uh, um, so there's a, a picture of a, a big digger by the side of the road. A lot of what's gone on in week weeks sort or of one and two is is digging and um, uh, and then sort of setting up the site, portal, losing bits and pieces. Do you want to talk a little bit about how we how we chose the builder, how that process went, and um, uh, you know that sort of process again in case because yeah, people? absolutely. We we um, I must say, speaking of diggers, 450 quid a day uh, digger with driver. And when we turned up on site the other day, it wasn't moving, and my, my um, Yorkshire roots kind of got me twitching. I was like, shouldn't there be somebody on that? With <laughs> a lot of money for that. Come on, guys, you can eat your lunch later. But um, I didn't. I resisted. So how do we choose the builders? So um, I I put a shout out on the on the good old cup of coffee group and and other places um, and asked for some personal recommendations, which I got um, I got a few firms back um, and we we took three um, all the way through to, to kind of quote stage. Um, 
we kind of uh, we we called in a bit of a favor and borrowed a specification. It, it's a tricky one because on a, on a big kind of development, you know, when I say big, you know, flat conversion or, or whatever, five unit flat conversion, um, you, you might have a tender document written and it might go into a lot of detail about what exactly you want. But with this, it was a bit of overkill to do that, but we did want to make sure that the spec was right. So we we kind of, you know, borrowed a, borrowed a specification and we we uh, adjusted it ourselves. And we, we did things like, you know, we want to specify the kitchen ourselves and, and flooring and things like that. All things that builders might be tempted to skimp on in order to get a, a cheaper price. So we got three, three firms, three prices in the end. One price was £130,000, which, which we kind of discounted straight away because that was... That was that was way over what we we're estimating, which was about eighty. Um, I got another one uh, of uh, about seven, seventy-eight, and then got another one of sixty-eight. Um, so automatically, you know, we're kind of looking at discounted the top one, and we're looking at the other two in more detail. Um, I the, the firm we chose in the end, um, I really liked um, because they. Um, they seemed the most friendly, the most approachable. And the, the other thing was that they um, they had a lot of experience, individual experience. They not necessarily had experience as a firm of doing big builds, um, but they had a lot of a lot of uh, staff who had individual experience of doing it. So the, the guy who's the project manager, he's he's uh, been on sites for you know thirty years and managed teams of you know lots of people before, um, and you know we just got a kind of a good feeling about them they would look after it even though they weren't necessarily the most experienced firm in doing conversions like this um and yeah i was i was very happy with the quoting process it was very it was very easy to to deal with i don't think that can be underestimated when you're dealing with anyone um and yeah we just got a, a good feel from them yeah, that's right. Um, before I move on to the next slide, which I will in a sec, uh, the, 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 the photo on the left uh, for those watching in black and white um, is, uh, uh, shows what, essentially what happens with the contaminated land. Now, it depends how contaminated it is, but just our bit of contaminated land, what that meant was they had to dig down. I've forgotten the exact depth. It might be 600 mil all the way basically around the site, um, which meant there was, I think, was 120 tons um, of, of waste, yeah. to, of soil that had to be taken away and has to be taken to a special place, uh, a special times you'll never guess what that's more expensive um than just taking it to you know the normal commercial tip uh, and then this 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 brown stuff is, is what's it called hard standing they have to put 450 mil of hard standing back in which also has to be certificated uh, comes with certificates on it as does the 150 mil of topsoil which they have to get from a special i think they just make it from the conservative club but uh, uh but um but anyway wherever they get it from it has to be uh they don't really it has to be you know certificated and, and put back in which are the total cost we'll see in a minute i've forgotten exactly but it's on the on the thing so you're looking into the thousands yeah, contaminated seven, land seven and a half grand about, about roughly half and half to take it away and to to reinstate it because that yeah. is and that's and why that, that's why the digger's on site is to basically yeah. put the ground back but you can see it's interesting you get to see almost under the building on the left hand side you see the sort of wet brick um uh, the foundation right let's move on time is against us um one thing worth noting if you take on a project like this uh, is building warranties. Uh, uh, sometimes I think called structural warranties. And the the the, the one line memo. This is a pain in the ass. I know because I've been trying to get one. Um, if you if you're working on I don't know a 600 unit site, maybe it's less of a pain in the ass because a you probably pay someone else to do it, and b they're sort of set up for that, but they're not set up as well as it's been my experience of of finding um, of doing it for one unit. They're, they're set up for larger stuff. Uh, so this here for um, uh, uh, why do you need to get a building warranty is important 
Uh, when do you need to get a building watch, Chris? If we want to sell it, and if if somebody wants to get finance on it, then they need to. Uh, we need a warranty to make sure that the uh, mortgage lenders are the majority of mortgage lenders are happy to lend on it. There you go. So that's why that's what a building warranty is, kind of, uh, and and also more importantly, why you might need one. And so. Um, uh, the list here, and I'll read it out for the podcast listeners. Uh, this is, so this is taken from, this is the list I, I got given by one of the people, one of the companies I've been asking for a building warranty. So we're pointing out, I'm not having a go at this company. The list that they send you are pretty similar. So they're different, but but this is by no means um, like a, a difficult one. Um, floor plans, site plans, elevations, sections. Uh, I'm still not sure to this day what sections are, but again, if in a bigger development, maybe that makes sense. Accommodation schedule, site investigation reports, structural engineer reports. Those are expensive, by the way. Uh, piling reports, piling integrity results, uh, if applicable. Schedule, forward scope of works, geo reports, all additional available reports, things like contaminated land, bat surveys, uh, CNCT, MPs, et cetera, et cetera. So getting building warranties is tricky. What's more tricky is that they can't really give you a quote until you've decided which builder it is. Because if you're using... Mr. Massive Builder versus Mr. or Mrs. Tiny Builder, that's going to change the amount that they're going to want paying for this because essentially it's an, it's an insurance quote. So, so that it's like any insurance quote, it's based on their perception of the level of risk. Um, so there are lots of companies out there that do this. It's a pain in the ass. That would be my summary on this. Hmm. Numbers, do you want to talk us through uh, the sexy numbers slide, Chris? Sexy numbers, purchase price. We ended up buying it for 35,000 quid. Um, not a huge amount of money for a, for a building. Um so far, I looked it up last night, so far on planning, surveys, consultancy fees, this includes all the BAT surveys, structural surveys, things like that. We spent 14 grand, which was, oh, ow. Um, build cost, uh, approximately 68 grand. Uh, asbestos removal, 6,000. Contaminated land removal and reinstatement, about 6,500. Um, we've got five grand contingency in there, um, just in case. Uh, which leaves us a total projected spend of 134,500 with a potential sale price um, with fingers crossed and following wind downhill, £190,000, which would leave us um, a nice projected profit of 55500 if everything goes to plan. <laughs> Yeah, no surprise that Chris is from Yorkshire. Um, please go to plan. Uh, so that's that's that. Um, we will hopefully hope that's been useful, and we will absolutely bring you more uh, when it comes to completion. We will share some sexy pictures. Um, if it's okay, which I hope it is, uh, I'm going to spend literally one minute because I know we're running a bit behind time, sharing a bit more about our, um, uh, our Property 365 program, uh, mostly because I've been asked by podcast listeners a little bit like, oh, Tom, we're, Tom and Chris really want to work with you because you sound so great on the podcast. How can we do that? Actually, no one said that. But um, things like that, that's that's mostly in my mind. But, the, but uh, they have asked to, to find a little bit more about it. So, um, uh, you know, how can you get involved in projects like Cobden Street or find out from people like us who, who you know, have been there and done it? Um, uh, so we come up with we come up with uh, our property three six five program to, to answer both those questions and uh, it's the first time I've mentioned it on the podcast so hope everyone's alright with me very briefly running through what it is um, so uh, I thought I suppose I'd, I'd, with this I'd, I'd start with um, with a question really which is uh, are you yeah. achieving all you want to in, in property. Um, and are you getting to where you want to be at the speed you want to be there? Um, my experience of asking people and, and learning through through the Cooper network as well is that most people aren't. Um, they're either not achieving what they want to or, or not going as quickly as they'd like. And so um, we set out, we set the Property 365 program up with the idea of, of, of answering those questions, of helping people to 
to achieve what they want to achieve and the timescales they want to achieve it. And the main way we do that is by setting clear goals and then holding people accountable to those goals and focusing on the key actions, which the few key things which you need to do every day and ignoring the rest, which is really hard to do. Um, uh, and that's that's what we help people with. Uh, at the heart of the program is, is uh, how do we do that? Well, we use video tutorials. Um, so every day for a whole year, you get a video tutorial. And the idea, again, is that one bit of feedback we had was that people are really busy. So um, each video tutorial is, on average, less than 10 minutes a day. Um, uh, and uh, they do, do we do all kinds of deep dives into all kinds of um, uh, property strategies um, and constantly challenge you and your thinking and help you to get specific about your goals and then help you to achieve your goals faster than you thought was possible. Um, on top of that, as you'd expect with this kind of thing, we built a whole infrastructure around it and we're improving it all the time. So um, there are lots of other goodies like a documents, tools and systems package. So if you ever thought to yourself, oh, I could really use a, uh, you know, an agreement for this or a, a deal analyzer tool for that, or a, how do I do a heads of terms that all those kinds of things are included. Um, and the idea is uh, is to uh, from from us is to try and deliver or to, to succeed in delivering um, the best of all our one to one property mentoring, which we also do and have been doing for eight plus years between us, a fraction of that price. Um, our property mentoring starts at I think it's four fifty a month at the moment, and uh, for for private mentoring and um, uh, check the website for that if you're interested. And and that's great value too. But you know not not everybody has that amount of money lying around. So and, and we were aware of that, which is why we created this program. Um, uh, so speaking of price, how much is it? Well, it's, um, uh, you know, not the 15,000 pounds of value which we've calculated is, is included in the program, but instead less than the price of a cup of coffee. In fact, price of half a cup of coffee a day, namely two pounds a day. Um, and if you visit greatnorthernproperty.co.uk forward slash property, and then the number's 365, um, you can find out more. Of course, you can Google it. And as a special a gift for uh, getting this far, um, we're doing a 25% discount code for all those who are ready to achieve more, um, which uh, which is ton and half. But I'll include that because it's difficult to spell in the uh, in the podcast description. And anyone else can of course copy that down. Uh, thanks very much for listening to that little uh, plug for our program and and our case study. And um, uh, uh, excited to take any questions just for a few minutes. Oh, brilliant! Thanks, Tom. Can I can I just ask on that because this is something I'd not realised. So, in Property Three Six Five, will you be like covering deep dives on you know the, the more complex stuff like you know well, this type of uh, project sounds epic in nature? You, you deep dive into lessons learned from this as well. Yeah, sure, absolutely. So it's uh, we, we we try and cater for people doing all different kinds of strategies. So whether that's single lets, obviously some simpler stuff, uh, HMOs like Richard does, and, and we got special guests talking to us um, about different projects. And then absolutely, so the more complicated properties like Cobden Street, that's a, that's a flip. Obviously, we're going to sell that one on, or the multiple unit developments we've done. So people are interested in doing blocks of flats, then it's all uh, and people will be at different stages, and we're aware of that. But we make sure that mm -hmm. there's a good variety. So um, hopefully, it can be even, for example, if you're just doing HMO even when we come to this you kind of got like a different type of project you kind of also learn from 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 that as well oh, cool okay good to know thank you okay so oh this sounds like so many learnings in this project um so i'm, I'm kind of keen to know what is the what is the biggest thing that you've learned that we could all learn and, and take away from this you have to pick out one thing because uh there was so much i kind of like whoa <laughs> Which yeah, was sure. the biggest thing we could take away? what would you go for chris uh, well, since we're not finished it, the, the learning there yet. So far. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't do it. I hope it's not don't do it. Um, I think it will be... 
it will be the amount of the amount of time and effort that we spent with the with the with the vendors. And I say we, I said it was mainly it was mainly you, Tom. Um, you were whining and dining them and, and going to see them at work and and you know on their invitation I hasten to add you weren't pestering them. Um, but yeah, um, and you know, sending flowers when um, when the when the lady's father passed away, and it, it was it all added up to a to a really good relationship, and we we couldn't have we couldn't have done the deal without it um, because they'd have they'd have walked away and, and given it to somebody else, but because we put that kind of time and effort in, um, they they wanted to sell to us. Yeah, there were there were other people interested, and uh, and um, uh, and yeah, they, they stuck with us even though we at the end we were not the highest offer, and so I'd agree with that. Oh, brilliant. Okay. And I mean, you know, working together on this is a, you know, I guess you guys are a, a, a partnership. Um, how, how did you find working as a two, two on this? Did that, do you think you would have carried on if you both would have been doing property solo and you would have been doing this? Was it kind of like essential for you to be working as a pair? I'm, I'm curious about that because I obviously work as an individual and you guys work as a pure uh, a partnership. So. Sure. Well, first thing I'd say is don't work with Chris. No, um, uh, hey, it's not still here, is he? I'd say um, for me, it's been really helpful working with Chris over the last, we've been working together a long time now, like five plus years. Um, And uh, what I love about it is he likes doing the things I don't like doing. So if you're going to work with someone, find someone who likes doing what you don't like doing and has different strengths to you. You've heard that before, but it's, I can, I'm here to tell you that it's true. Um, Yeah, absolutely. I'll give you a cracking example of that. One of yours, uh, you know, you looking after the kind of vendor side and going to speak into people and whatever you, you like went out for dinner with them. Um, In the meantime, I was sat in the bed planning archives in the dusty uh, dusty basement uh, pre-covid this is uh, leafing through planning applications uh, paper planning applications from like 1994 um just to <laughs> just to kind of wow. uh, try and tickle out uh, a, a particular document that we needed so that's a, a perfect example of where we kind of complement each other oh wonderful great to hear uh, great to you know hear real you know a part partnerships working out like that it's brilliant really inspiring Cool. Well, I think we are kind of like um, at time, unfortunately. Um, but if you have got, have, have we got time for one question? If anyone wants to pop a quick question in the chat, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. If anyone shouts, immediately. If we've got, if we've got one question, if anyone shouts in the next ten seconds uh, before we do uh, before we do thank yous. But I know that um, if you have got specific questions. Obviously, for guys on the podcast, reach out to Tom and Chris uh, personally, and they'll be happy to you over it with you <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so thank you all for attending today and for everyone listening uh, to this podcast a special thanks to tom and chris and thank you for letting me host today and share the wonderful podcast uh have a great day Bye.